We on the Comp Center have a special treat to you, for you tonight. We have an exit interview with a real live dispatcher. Uh, John is not considered a real live dispatcher at times. We have to hold a mirror under his nose to make sure he's breathing. We're also going to dig very deep into the screeching sound of the 911 call from the F-35 that disappeared. And that's what it was supposed to do because it was a stealth jet. We're also going to discuss the pulse of 911 and kind of the state of the state of the 911 telecommunications industry with two telecommunications professionals. All that, your calls, your voicemails, and what it means for your weekend tonight on the Comp Center. The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Shootings in New York City have more than doubled this year. Well, good evening, everybody. I'm Drew Breezy, and I'm usually joined by my friend John. I don't know where he is, though. Uh, oh, I'm here. Oh. Guns up and giddy up to the Wolfpack. So we are without our producer tonight, Josh Deadleg Media. Josh normally is here doing these things. I'm here tonight running the show as producer, but I'll be joining us as well on uh, the various topics of discussion. This is Failure to Stop. This is the number one platform where we... Uh, entertain and inform first responders. We're going to be doing the comm center with Drew Breezy tonight. Drew is a 29-year retired uh, police officer, detective, dispatcher, dispatch center supervisor. I am an active dispatcher. Uh, I've got eight years in the field. I'm going to be taking your calls tonight. You can call us for the show, 848-COM-911. That's 848-266-6911. You can call nice. us. You can be part of the show. If you're listening to us later on Spotify, iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review. And you can also leave us a voicemail at that same number. Drew, how the heck are you doing? Uh, I'm doing a lot better than I, I was on what I, uh, you know, I had a man cold this uh, this week. I, I, I was fighting the flu. I, first of all, I want to acknowledge right off the bat, Casey, Casey Anthony defense team just super chatted 20 bucks. It's good to see the hat being passed around again. I love it. It's the most wonderful time of the year. So thank you for doing that. And if you're watching us on Rumble, uh, just uh, say hello in the chats because you can do that now. But at any rate, um, I'm... Um, I was fighting off this sore throat. I, I think my fever was at one point 111 or 112, something like that. Uh, that's what it felt like. And uh, but my my throat is still a little bit sore. I have, it's not preventing me from my Guinness Zero, as uh, is tradition every week here on the Com Center. But um, <clears throat> I'm I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm up and about, and um, I'm actually very excited about today. I I, I happen to run across. A social media post of a dude um, who said that uh, it was his, you know, he just had this big smile and he was like, this is my last day as a, as a dispatcher and I'm moving on to different things. And it reminded me of the days of yore where I finished up my time in the communication center and was about to embark on my patrol career. And, and I just sent him a little comment like, hey, man, thanks for doing what you do. I would love to have you on the show, though, to kind of... Uh, give thanks for for all you've done and he was so down with it so we're going to talk to uh andrew tonight we're probably not going to fully identify him because he's going to be a uh 
he's going to be a very honorable police officer pretty soon. But, John, how are you doing? I'm terrible. Thank you for asking. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I've uh, We're having another busy week here at Failure to Stop, and we've got a lot going on. Uh, Kendra and I just recorded another episode of Kendra Does Patreon, which Drew described as eternal in length. So if you were looking to kill <laughs> two to three hours of the podcast with your f- favorite people from Failure to Stop, by that I mean me and Kendra, apparently, yes. I, you can uh, you could download and listen to that. Uh, we had a good time, as usual. Other than that, I'm just... Uh, Getting ready to prepare for this show and also the big show on Friday. Uh, do you have a you have a big show prepared for tomorrow, Drew? We do. We were going to go over the band director case because uh, I, I want to do everything in my power to solidly bury that guy because I think he's a jerk uh, for doing what he was doing. And if you're not familiar with the case, that's fine. He he is a um, he's a band director. I think in Birmingham, Alabama, he was asked to stop by the police several times. Uh, at the end of the football game, it was a safety issue. They had timed out when the lights were going to go out. Obviously, you don't want kids walking down metal bleachers, but he just kept wanting to play because he doesn't want to under he doesn't want to do what the police tell him to do. Uh, the home team had no problem with it, but this guy had a problem with it, uh, and several times told the the officers to get out of his face, and just kept the band playing. And sure enough, the lights went out and. Uh, chaos ensued. He he swung on one of the officers. He ended up in Whoa. jail, and then he then he had the unmitigated gall to hold a press conference to quote tell his side of the story as if the police officers were at fault. And I'm going to do everything I can to solidly embarrass that guy because he is a horseshit of an example to those students. I didn't know that you could just call a press conference. That's that's amazing. I wish I had known that I could could do that. And I've been in that position a lot, frankly. Uh, you I, might I have do it all the time. I, I just don't. I don't broadcast them. I just do them all the time. Speaking, yes, you just do that for the privacy of your own home. Dress code optional. Would you like me to do a quick ghost bed ad read so that we feel like we've paid some bills before we kick it off, and then we could get? Uh, I would love that. We could get I Andrew in here if you're ready, and we could break down the F35 case. Yeah, let's do it. All right, this show, Com Center and Failure Stop, is brought to you by Ghostbed. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack, and you can get forty percent off across the site. Very often throughout the year, however, they have even better deals. You can get up to 50% off sometimes. You can uh, go into the comments section and you can mention that the Wolfpack sent you uh, so that we get that nice kickback for advertising for them. We love Ghostbed because they support first responders, veterans, and 911 dispatchers. We also love their adjustable bases and their mattresses with that built-in cooling technology for nights like tonight where it is already dangerously cold and you must take care to close all windows and use a blanket that can keep you cool. Perfect for nights like today. Try them for 101 nights, and if you do not like them, you can bring them back without any hard feelings. That's a guarantee we can make easily because we know it's not going to happen. And remember, Drew, Ghostbed is the only mattress. I'm making this claim. It has not been verified. That is made in the good old United USA. America. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we just get our guest in here? Because I love having extra 911 dispatchers on, and it takes the heat off of me. Frankly, I could just you know stand here and look cool. Let's get uh, let's get Andrew in here. Yeah, come on in, Andrew. I, I, I'm I'm actually more comfortable with um, with more I, cops. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yes. How, how do you want to arrange this, John? Do you want to be in the middle? I don't know how to switch it. <laughs> But Here, no, just like this. Look at that. Oh, there you go. okay. This Look is fine. This works for me. There you go. Go for it, Drew. <laughs> uh, Andrew, uh, I, I don't. I really don't want to give you a last name unless you do. If you if you want to, if you want to offer that, you can. I just didn't want to be responsible for it. 
let's leave it off this time. Let's leave when it you off. You guys bring me back on. We'll we'll see how it goes. You know. We'll All right. That. So I I promise this uh, this degree of anonymity to Andrew uh, as much as I can because I mean he, you know look at him he's a handsome fella he had a beard at one point he had a beard for the the photo we used in the thumbnail so it would have been a trio of beards for you tonight but uh, he has since shaved his beard uh, which hopefully isn't Samsonite you know uh, you know like a, a Samson issue but um, if you know what that means uh, at any rate here's my promise to Andrew and uh, and this is kind of an admonishment I'm or, or just like I, I'm putting this out into the universe I, I don't want to jeopardize this guy's employment I don't want him to like shame or embarrass anybody he used to work for, though you know things happen sometimes and people say things. And I definitely don't want to put his uh, potential, I mean his future job in jeopardy either. So if he says anything that may be a little bit convoluted or confusing, I'm telling you all right now, blame me. Call yeah. me. I, you call me at 848-266-6911, leave a voicemail, and I'll return your call, whatever agency you're with, and I will explain it away because this kid is uh, – this this man is uh, is coming to us with his heart in his hand, and he's uh, wholesome, and he wants to do good in the profession. He wants to do good in the world, and I would hate f uh, to see anything uh, you know administratively happen to him for that. So, uh, not to, uh, definitely not to put anybody on guard or anything. We don't plan on venturing into those territories, but sometimes you know it, it's hard not to when you tell stories. But so, Andrew, why don't you tell us a little bit about? Uh, yourself the, to the to the degree that you can. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, I appreciate everything you just said. Thank you very much for looking out for me. Thank you very much. But also, you know, at the same time, a lot of this stuff, people are so worried about that exact thing happening that they don't want to talk about some of the things that probably should be talked about. And that's a lot of the reason why things don't change. So look at us making a difference. <laughs> I, I I actually said that to John earlier today. There was a little text conversation that we had going back and forth. He bothers me all the time, and uh, he said something, and uh, I, I it was something to the effect of what you just said. Like these these poor people don't have an outlet to even. Uh, we were discussing the 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 pulse of nine one one survey that we both had, and he was like, these poor people don't have an outlet to even talk about it. And I was like, that's where we come in, John. And he he go. said that I was. Drag, uh, what's, what's that guy's name? I Jack said Webb. Jack Webb, which he's one of my favorite guys. I always loved it where he's like, even in the City of Angels, some halos slip. That's where I come in. I carry a badge. So now it's like uh, all across the country, dispatchers hate their jobs. Or they, they're so sick of it. That's where I come in. I That's speak in a microphone. That's Drew. So, so carry on, Andrew. We keep stealing the limelight from you. Oh, you're fine. I mean, it is your show, so no, no harm. Uh, okay, so a little about me. Uh, I worked for restaurants for a long time, uh, decided that wasn't for me. So I started selling uh, roller shades for an RV company, uh, which is very, very niche, very lucrative. I would uh, think a lucrative, a lot of money especially, selling. In, yeah. <laughs> especially in the South. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the, the restaurant you work for, were they open on Sundays? No, they were not. Okay. Yes, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. God, you just doubted him. You doxed him. <laughs> He may have worked at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> now they know who I am. Com forward slash <laughs> Wolfpack. You know, uh, in certain circles, I am called Spicy Deluxe. Spicy Deluxe. <laughs> with, with Pepper Jack or American? Actually, I ask for no cheese. <laughs> Very lactose oh. intolerant. Frosted lemonade. Who do we have this conversation Drew, with, you John, can take him out at any ago? time. Just yeah, I, I, yeah, really. 
Uh, continue. Carry on. Uh, so, so 20, 2020 hit. Um, I ended up on uh, unemployment for a while. And uh, w- during that time, I started looking into, you know, other other jobs that were out there, uh, just seeing what else, you know, sounded interesting. And one of the first things I saw was 911 dispatcher. And I was like, you know, my dad, um, he worked for a fire department for a very long time. And I was like, he's always mentioned that that's kind of a cool gig. I should check that out. One thing led to another. Um, I ended up getting a couple of interviews with a couple of agencies in the area. And um, one of them really just kind of resonated with me. And the next thing I knew, I was answering 911 calls and talking to a lot of people. Not not just answering 911 calls, but excelling in the profession because it's my understanding that about two years later you were named the telecommunicator or the communications specialist of the year for your department, were you not? That is correct. That is correct. Uh, are there circumstances be- behind that that we can talk about that won't identify you or is that pretty specific? I mean, we can talk about it. Uh, I, honestly, I wasn't even aware that it was a thing. Um, you know, with COVID, COVID changed everything. So like the awards that they used to have were canceled and, and people were wearing masks in the comm center. So it was, it was very interesting, very different. When I came on board, people were like, this isn't normally like this. this you know, usually we do this and like we have cookouts and stuff. None of that's happening anymore. Um, so when, when they started asking me all these questions, they're like, Hey, uh, we want to use your picture for something. I was like, okay. I mean, Sure, that's fine. Hey, give us a little information about you. We want to we want to use it in our uh, newsletter. I was like, I have a question. What is all this for? And they told me I won this award. And I, I mean, it honestly blew my mind because I mean, let's be honest. I've only done this job for a little bit of time. I put in my three years doing telecommunications, and boy, I got to tell you, there were a lot of people that were way better at it than I was. I mean, they were real, still are, just sparkling, shining at the gig. Sure. And uh, they put me to shame. So I was I was honestly shocked. Um, but the more I talked to certain people who had more or less put me in for it, um, I was appreciative. You know, I was honored. Um, it's very humbling to be told that, hey, you're really good at this. And I was like, I mean, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, there, there's, there's something to be said, like, you know, on every hockey team or every baseball team, there's a guy that's kind of on the bubble that, that could easily not be on the roster because of performance yet. And I'm not saying that's you, but yet um, he's definitely on the roster because the manager needs him because of the levity or because of the smile that brightens up the room or the personality that brings everybody together or the leadership quality or whatever. Um, I, I get that from you, one. Uh, two, I, I cannot believe how closely our stories parallel. I mean, I got into yeah. this profession, too, because of my dad, uh, essentially because we used to listen to the scanner on the porch together, and I wanted to you know, pay nice. homage to him. I, I wanted actually to be a cop all along. It just didn't work out that way. So, And then I was promoted very quickly where I worked uh, within two and a half years, and again, there was a lot of qualified people ahead of me, but... Uh, I was also kind of driven because I knew what I wanted to do, and I took every night or every every shift that I worked as a learning experience. Is that something that uh, that you like? Were you uh, building your way towards a career in law enforcement while you were sitting in the chair? You know, honestly, that's kind of something I've always tried to do: is keep that student mentality, and and you're you're never an expert, right? You're never right. gonna know everything because the day that you think I know everything there is to know about this. 
you're going to learn something totally different um, that you've that you've never thought of. There's always some new way to do something. There's always something refreshing that you have to keep your mind open to. So going into this, I was like, well, I obviously know nothing about law enforcement. One of my first questions to one of my trainers um, well into the job, I think I'd done it about a year. Uh, one of the officers came over the radio and said, hey, we've got an auto pet at this location. And I turned around and said, what the hell is an auto pet? And I'd been doing the job long enough that I should have. They all looked at me like, are you are you stupid? Come on. What do you mean? What's an auto pet? And I was serious. I was like, I had no idea. And I mean, that's that's just the example. You have to keep that mentality because as soon as again, as soon as you think you know everything, you know nothing. John, would you like to ask him questions about NCIC? Yes, but auto pet oh. is that like car versus pedestrian, or what? What are you saying? You got it. Oh, good for me. That's it. Hey, see, we learned something new together. Nice. Uh, did you want to ask about the F thirty five, or am I going to give him his entrance exam? Which thing are we doing first? Oh no, I, I was just uh, kind of get, getting to know him a little bit, but oh, uh, I, I know that you're cold as ice. So let's just do the F thirty five thing. Um, if if uh, listen. This is the segment, I say it all the time, this is the segment John and I call, well, it has 911 in the title, um, <clears throat> but this is a pretty significant news item. I, I mean, look, there was a, uh, a stealth fighter, we talked about it last week on the comm center, that there was a stealth fighter that went down um, and a guy uh, ejected out of it, the pilot ejected out of it, and they couldn't find it for the longest time, but uh, you know, they found it a couple days later. But the unique thing about this, and, and Andrew and John will, will both tell you, you don't know what phone call is going to come into a, a communication center. You have no clue yeah. what that thing is. You have no warning. You have no prior warning. Um, and I, I saw this uh, call online on, on a popular police YouTube channel. Uh, some cops that do a podcast, not ours, but and um, which is failure to stop, by the way. And uh, we, and I looked in the comments there, and the first one, the, the first comment that I saw just rubbed me the wrong way. It was it was like, as a like I hate when people say as a blank, like I hate as a as a citizen of uh, uh, as a citizen of Tribeca, as a as a retired law enforcement officer, I can tell you there are good good dispatchers. Uh, that will do good for you, and there are bad dispatchers. This is an example of a bad dispatcher, and it pissed me off. I got to be honest. I mean, I listened to the nine one one call. Yeah, I mean, it's not like she. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know that she could ride a unicycle and, and juggle chainsaws, but at the same time, like how many times? Uh, l let's let's just do a quick informal poll. There's three of us that have answered nine one one calls in our lives. How many times have you answered a 911 call for a uh, plane crash and a pilot ejected? I so actually, no. <laughs> right. yeah, John, I have, John two I have two plane crashes, but neither one. Never from a, from a military perspective. No. And never from the pilot himself, right? No. Right, yeah. So, so I, I think the point is, like, how do you know? Like, how do you know what you, like, I mean, for all you know, she she had just taken a call for uh, a vehicle ped, and next thing you know, the tone goes off in her ear, and it's some dude saying, you know, saying in a thick Spanish accent, "Hey, we got a pilot that objected, and you know, he's in my living room." So um, let's let's listen to the call, and and by the way, 
the most endearing part of this whole thing, thank, thankfully nobody was killed. I don't think anybody was hurt in, in the wreckage part. The pilot made it out just fine. The people in that house made it out just fine. The most endearing part of this was this gentleman's description that I'll play right at the top of the of it. And so here we go. We're going to read Screeching. Saw that between a screech and a whistle. I said, what in the world is this? So this is a comm center, original 911. The address of the emergency. It's 69 Drive. Okay, tell me exactly what happened. Um, it says that. Yeah. You want me to tell him you got ejected? I will get my back for a little bit. We, we, I guess we got a pilot at our house, and he says he got ejected. Well, he ejected from the plane, so yeah. we just see if we could get some ambulance, please. I'm sorry. What happened? Uh, we got a pilot in the house. And I guess he landed in my backyard, and we we're trying to see if we could get a um ambulance to the house, please. And the address is. Can okay, we drive? We know my Okay. So, so like, how, okay. Um, what is the phone number that you're calling from? Can, can we pause? Okay, are we able to pause uh, this? I gotta jump in here. Yes, please. Do. All right. So here's. Here's me in the comp center, okay? All right. Yes. It's it's 7.30 in the morning. Of course, mornings are for coffee and contemplation, you know? We're, we're uh -huh. maybe watching a little YouTube, maybe some failure to stop, reruns, I don't know, <laughs> whatever's going on in the background. And I get this call, right? And this dude is obviously talking to a man who was ejected. I heard the word ejected. My first thought is, it's a car crash. But he sounds fine. I need an ambulance to my house. This guy ejected. And as soon as you hear her pause, that's when I would just... This guy, I got a guy on the hey Matt, I got a guy on the phone. He says he ejected. Okay, tell me what is this? You ejected? Oh. What? Yeah. Yes. I, I got this agree. This guy says he ejected. John, I got nothing better than that. I. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, he's right. If if someone said that, so no, you know, we had an ejected pilot there. I'm just like, I did, wasn't that in like the last Top Gun movie where he ejected and then, like, went into a bar. Yes, it I'm was, like, and he yeah, landed. Like, yeah, he lands at the Denny's or something. Yeah, he lands at Denny's and goes inside and like, and you know, says, "Can I use your phone?" The funny thing about this is, before this came out, there were memes. Like, I'm pretty sure Babylon B said when this plane got lost that the pilot, the first thing he did was walk over to a barbecue and he called his CO. You know, which was like this funny bullshit scenario, but then like it basically came true only funny. That's what happened. Because exactly the guy dialed nine one one. Right. Um I, I mean you're I, I never put the two and two of the ejection together. I, I never thought about that because we do deal in, in ejections in law enforcement and in the the comp center world all the time. They, he he was they, ejected through the windshield, he was ejected through the sunroof, blah blah blah. And and you know you're just like groggy, <laughs> not happy. But the it. word the word eject is never casual, right? No. It's never no yeah, no no. This no. Guy, he's in my living room and he ejected. My thought is, <laughs> so this dude flew through your window and you're just like, yeah, man, like I don't yeah, know. like a like, you know, his little legs are kicking <laughs> on the outside of the. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. what? <laughs> All right, so we're gonna resume from here. So like how? Okay. Um, Very confused. What is the phone number that you're calling from? 
Okay, Smart. Uh, we're getting hop on the way. I, I give me just a moment. Yeah, no problem. Yes. <laughs> if you're just listening at home, you are missing out. Drew's uh. Drew's okay, are you with the patient now? Yes. Okay, how how old is the patient? We uh, we have a military jet crash. I'm the pilot. <laughs> We need to get uh, rescue rolling. I'm not sure where the airplane is. It would have crash landed somewhere. I ejected. Okay. I understand, sir. Okay, just to confirm, how many people are hurt? Well, I'm the only one. I'm not sure about my Okay. Weekend. Okay. All right. We, we already have help on the way. Give me just a moment, sir. Where am I bleeding from? Ah. Yeah, water would be good. All right. Okay. How far did he fall? I was at 2,000 feet. <laughs> okay. I'm fine, you though. Mean it's, not, it's not out of the bed? All right. Yeah, that, this, is, <laughs> this causes quite a bit of confusion, and this makes people mad. Because... What people don't realize, and, and I'm telling you, this pilot is getting very frustrated for, for like, w without... Well, I mean, listen. So, do, so does every caller, right? They're well, like, why are you asking me questions? Get, right. get that. I said ambulance and eject. What more do you need? Right. And and he just wrecked a $100 million aircraft or whatever, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, to get that flight off the ground, he had to go through what is known as a checklist. And he had to make sure that every box was checked and everything was perfect and there's no, you know, there's no oil leaking from the ailerons or whatever. She's going through a stupid checklist. I mean, and, it, and it's, it's frustrating. It's, a, it's probably frustrating for her, uh, but it's frustrating for everybody. And, and she's going, she's like, do I consider this a fall? Like, I don't see stealth fighter crash anyway yeah i don't in, see in my protocols. i don't see the uh plane and and you know to each to each comp center their own like we had we had a we had an airport in our jurisdiction so we did have plans for that um but i mean i still remember the day that we had a, a relatively new dispatcher the radio tower came over and said hey we got it's happening right now and she turned around and said i don't know what to do but that, hopefully that's the appropriate and, response, and, by the way. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and, and and there there was some training at some point, but I mean, how often do planes have issues? Not very often. They're exactly. pretty safe. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I can see it, where she's taking it back. But yeah, she, and she's I, running and through sure. this. So so when people ask, like John, why why would she ask such a question? Like, how far was the fall? Like, what's the point of that? I guess uh, I can only speak for my agency. Like you said, every agency is different. She's trying to type the call, and it's like, what's the situation? What's the chief complaint? Well, he ejected from an airplane, and I, and I guess, yeah. are there injuries? So she opens up. She changes the call type from unknown to fall. To the fall. First, the first question on there is how far did the patient fall? Was it from a ground stand? You know, was it greater than six feet? Actually, was the it, uh, first question is when did this happen? Yeah, when did this happen? That's true. Yes, that, that's also a, a very good question. But anyway, it's relevant. Uh, I feel I feel like uh, she's just kind of going through it as best she can. I mean, you know, we have aircraft incidents things on there, but it's 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 each each aircraft incident is so specific that there's not a lot of 
material in there in your protocol. Like you just kind of go with whatever they tell you, you know, there's yeah. such a yeah. difference yeah. between a Cessna and a cornfield and an F-35 at a barbecue. They're just not the same thing. <laughs> so if, if, by the way, um, it, it, for those who are fire rescue dispatchers or whatever, that you know, that when they go through these protocols, they tell you the same thing because they, they need to know what equipment to roll out for medical reasons. So if you fall out of your chair, it's not a big deal. If you fall off a ladder, you're going to need a C-spine and you're going to need a, a backboard and all this other stuff. That's a different set of equipment that they're going to have to bring. So that's the point of asking, like, how far did he fall? I, I don't think 2,000 feet is ever really a good answer when it comes to, to how far did he fall because that just kind of defeats the point of the question. That, so, that's better for your sit rep or your debrief later. That'll be good. <laughs> the dispatcher can't do much with that. All right, I'm going to back up just a little bit and then pick it up. Was it 2,000 feet? Okay. She's pain. Okay, and what caused the fall? Uh, an aircraft failure. <laughs> I'd say gravity caused the fall. That was the point Agreed. of that. Okay, is there any serious bleeding? I, I don't know. I can't see myself. No, you look fine. Uh, you look fine. I can't see. Uh, what did the other person say? I, I feel okay. My back just hurts. Okay. Has there been a report of an airplane crash? I have not seen any um, come up yet. Okay. What part of the body was injured? Ma'am. I'm a pilot in the military aircraft, and I ejected, um, so I just rode a parachute down to the ground. Can you please send an ambulance? So, yes, sir. I've already told you they're on their way. I'm just required to ask these questions while they're en route. Okay, we're sending the paramedics to help you now. Stay on the line, and I'll tell you exactly what to do next. Oh, wait. Between a screech and a whistle. Love that guy. Uh, okay, so uh, let's do a debrief on this one. General thoughts, uh, John? She just got off the script, and a lot of that is because uh, she either doesn't have the kind of management that trusts her to go off script when you just you get the one in a 10 million calls where just there's no protocol for it. She's just doing the best she can to fit it in. And like she said, I'm required to ask these questions. And uh, you just, for me, the biggest laugh was, Okay, so hold on. I'm going to tell you what to do next. It's just like you have, you do not have the command presence of the situation to say that. It's like, he's like, I'm a lieutenant colonel in the United States Marines. My back hurts slightly. Please send an ambulance to me. The plane was traveling, you know, at bearing 040, traveling at 2,000 feet at, you know, 300 miles an hour. And she's just like. And I safely ejected, by the way. Like, I, I got ejected. a pretty good idea what to do she next. Goes, Are you bleeding? You know, it's like. Uh, she she did a good job in the sense that like if he had obvious trauma like if he landed and yes. his arm was off or something like then she could do some kind of bleeding control but aside from this guy having a kind of a rough landing you know i guess landing in suburban you know south carolina will do that when you just land it you know on a street you know uh, other than that she didn't she didn't do a bad job she just can't she's in a setup, situation where she's set up to fail in my opinion andrew. i agree andrew okay so for starters I think there's feedback for both of them. And so for the caller, he's saying, I just fell out of an airplane. My back hurts. Send an ambulance. 
if it were me, I'd be like, okay, so where's the airplane now? I don't know. Okay. Well, you were falling from a parachute. Did you get a direction of travel? What direction were you heading? Was it flying straight? Was it careening down like a missile? Where was the plane going? Give me some ideas. Like, is it about to crash 10 feet or is it about to go five states west? Where are we going? Is it going to land in China by itself? Yeah, yeah. Is it? Is it? Yeah, exactly. I need to know all these things. And and he obviously knows that the problem isn't that he's landed safely. The problem is the plane is somewhere and we don't know where. (laughs) He's a little uncomfortable. Bro, let me tell you, there's going to be a hell of a lot more than an ambulance going wherever this plane is going to crash. So please send an ambulance. Oh man, we're going to send like 10 fire trucks. The the air force we're sending everybody. So, I mean, are there, is it armed? Are there warheads on this thing? What are we working with? I need to know more info, but props to her as the call taker. She had no idea what to do. And she went with, okay. There's always, there's always confidence in comfort and you're comfortable with what you've trained. So, if you've never worked an airplane crash, how are you going to be comfortable? How are you going to be confident? But you are confident in the comfort that comes from call taking. That's a lot of C's. Um, so as a call taker, you know, I want to get as much information as possible, right? I don't know how to take an airplane crash, but where are you? Are you safe? You're good. Okay, cool. Do you need an ambulance to check you out? Are you injured? I don't know. I'm just sending an ambulance to check on you just in case. Where's the airplane now? I have no idea. Does your are you in contact with your commanders who might have radar that can tell us if the airplane's still in the sky? Can somebody tell us where it is now? And, you know, honestly, we've got my agency come from my partners would hear what's happening and pull up a radar tracker and find his tail number to know where that plane is. I, I mean, assuming we could see it and it's not like, you know, on some sort of stealth, yeah, top secret stealthy thing. There's lots of ways that this could have gone better, but there's a lot of ways it could have gone worse. Yeah, I, I mean, the basics are all that are required. Everything else is kind of gravy. I mean, I, I think you're right in the sense that, um, you, you know, even the pilot is more focused on, you know, like, God, I hope I didn't hurt anybody else. Like, he, he's pretty much saying, I'm fine. Just send me an ambulance. But, man, uh, I, I'm waiting for the moment that that, that phone call, call it comes in that yeah. there's this large catastrophic, you know, air, air, aircraft accident. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I mean, you're right. Like, hey, man, can you, like, ping your <laughs> ping your iphone or you know can yeah. you, can you did hit you, your did watch you leave something in the, in the plane yeah. that we can track uh, like it's my understanding that you know like you can't bring any electronics of your own in into a cockpit like that because of the the secrecy of the uh, of what's in there but still um like the, the, if there's a way there's got to be a way to track it right yeah uh but apparently not and all those tiktok so, videos got to come from somewhere i mean right <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah it, it, like this one I, where do you think they got this one in maybe if you just slammed on the air brakes uh they would have, have we like found that. out do we have any footage from him before the plane crashed like what's his name is he on is he on uh instagram or something i, I don't know i, I did see that some that. f-35 pilots did a uh they did a uh, they did exactly basically what we did except they did it from the pilot's eyes oh okay uh, so and which was pretty intriguing so, anyway, <clears throat> we were inverted as Michael Hendricks. Um, it, it, that guy's going to be flying rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. Um, so, here's what uh, we're going to do next in the next phase, if we have buttoned that up. John, do you think we put that to a close or no? 
Unless there's any questions from the wolf pack that you ha want to ask this very talented and experienced dispatcher who is ready to handle an F-35 crash. I'm, I'm actually very amazed at like how ready you are for that. No wonder you're a telecommunicator of, of the year. You know, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing nearly so well. I was telling Abby in the chats. She asked, well, you know, would a dispatcher know to sail that? I'm like, Andrew is a dispatcher. So, yes, like the elite among <laughs> us will know that. But, uh, you know, this call taker, maybe not so much and maybe me not so much. The other thing is, too, is that, you know, we are quarterbacking her a little bit Monday morning. Like you get the call that, you know, that you just you can't she can't even understand it. And, you know, we're looking. We know. But we know what happened at Rutgers. Yeah. Hindsight's so, 20. Right. Sense, but, you know, when you do when you take a call like this and you you don't like he said, you have comfort in what you're familiar with. And that's why she's relying on so much on the tools that she has at her disposal rather than kind of going off script. You get a deer at a headlights thing sometimes where you're just like, holy shit, and you just have no you know, idea. But his, yeah. his questions were all very good. A, a quick story. One of my first times I realized that was the secret to this job. Uh, somebody called in a panic about something happening at the quick shop. And I'm new. I don't know what the quick shop is. I'm, I'm using the tools I was taught to find the quick shop. Well, I put the call in at the quick stop, which is not the same. Ooh. And let me just tell you, when officers are yelling at you about which one is it? And your trainer's like, what are you doing? And the, the supervisor's like, you need to stop asking those questions. It's very easy for you to go. I have no idea what I'm doing. I, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm out. I'm done. I'm not going to do this anymore. But that's the moment where you're like, OK, this is never going to happen to me again. Now I know where the quick stop is, where the quick shop is. And I know how to find them for future. Yeah. Like not only those shops, but now I know how to find any business. Because yeah. if you can't find it in your CAD system, is it in Google? If it's yeah. not, we had a, uh, in a community bulletin that came out when it opened, like we, you got to get a pretty it. bad area of town that had two competing convenience stores that were catty corner from one another. And one was called snacks S N A X and the other was called snack attack. So oh. <laughs> it mattered putting yeah. the right place in because there were more shootings at snack attack than there were at snacks. And, and you get and it's seconds like seconds matter. We have Will Cray on the. What happened to Will Cray? I'm going to bring him on. Sorry, uh, I didn't realize. I've did. got it. I, I'm I'm handling that. We have Will Cray on the line who has a question for us. How are you, Will Cray? <laughs> Couldn't be better, my friend. You have a question for for us, for Andrew, or for the collective? Yes. What's up, man? So I actually have one favorite call that really sums up the most stressful, the craziest, the most wildest. Uh, this guy called. Um, he he was such a character that um, we had a tire in the courtyard that I would go flip as part of my just training during lunch and off hours. So I named the tire after him. He was that uh, dramatic. But long story short, he called in to report a vehicle stolen. And as I'm asking him questions about how the vehicle was stolen, you know, he's telling me that he's, it, it just happened. I'm at the store right now. I'm like, bro, you're nowhere near the store. You're at a house, like not close to that at all. What are you talking about? Can you be more specific? And I mean, the expletives and the cursing the yelling that occurred for the next like seven to 10 minutes of my time was so impressive that every time the call would disconnect, I would turn to the room and say, no one answers the phone. 
he's mine. And, and come to find out by the end of this conversation, it turned out that he was trying to falsify a report. He had actually crashed the car and was trying to report it stolen. And that's why he uh-huh. got so upset with me. It's, it is a one day if I can somehow find it and send it to you guys, it's a doozy. It's probably, it's my favorite call. Well, thank you for calling question answered. I hope I'm going to go, I'm going to mo- actually move on to another caller uh, who's in our queue here. Uh, thank you, you too. If you want, Oh, we have somebody that's a part of a prison riot. Yes. Hello. Go ahead. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> All right. If you want to be part of this and uh, give us uh, dad jokes or puns, please call us at 848-266-6911. That's 848-COM-911. There's a reason for that. Uh, but uh, we, we love taking your calls. And during the week, you can leave John a voicemail. He likes to play them at the end of the at the show at the end of the show. Uh, Andrew, let me give you your first nugget of wisdom. Don't ever lose the inquisitiveness that you had. Uh, whenever you think that you've run out of questions, you probably should ask two or three more. And I think that's going to carry you very far in your law enforcement career, which you're about to uh, embark on. I, I don't I even know if we that. got to that part in, part in your uh, in your resume that you're leaving the profession because you're on, headed out to the, the street. I so. What I would like to do for uh, you right now is uh, I just want to do a live exit interview. This is an interview that I would conduct with anybody that was leaving the comp center that I worked in, um, that I was administrator of, and I, I just, I'm going to ask a few simple questions. I don't expect you to embarrass anybody that you know. I don't expect you to hurt anybody's feelings. You just keep them as general as possible, and I'll keep the questions as general as possible. But uh, can you sum up? Uh, on a scale of one to 10, what was your experience uh, over the last two and a half, three years? Honestly, nine out of 10. I loved the job, loved the job. It was quite possibly one of the greatest things I've ever done. Outstanding. Uh, So what do you think of the, uh, so what would be your top two stressors of the job itself? Um, As it relates to where you're working. I would say short staffing. I mean, but everybody's short staffed. That's not a new headache in the industry. Um, and otherwise, just uh, your administration. You know, no knocks to you, Drew. I'm sure you were great. Um, but yeah, just your administration actually listening, um, taking feedback. Um, if, if there's an issue, actually resolving it. Um, timely, even. But um I, I would say that's also something that's not new to a lot of people in this profession. So we'll, we'll go back to the Likert of uh, one to 10 scale here. Um, what would you say? Um, I don't want to point out a specific administrator, but what, what would you say your engagement was like, like uh, your ability to engage in the process? If, if that makes sense to you. Honestly, that was, I would give that a, a nine or a 10, even the, the ability for me to like, I, I would voice my concerns often, uh, just because in my experience, the more you talk about something, case in point, you guys are here right now, the more you talk about something, the better the chances are of it getting resolved or at least addressed. Um, and we would see that, um, we would see issues come up because, you know, if I'm talking about it, then 
then Dave's talking about it and, and Steve's going to talk about it later because it's become a, a hot button topic. But then whether or not it's something happened afterwards, that was where it kind of fell through. So I would give that a maybe a, a six, five or six. Because, I mean, I did see action, but, but I think there could have been more. So the follow-up wasn't as good. Yeah. Um, from a, a forced overtime standpoint, um, were you uh, – did you have to indulge in that? I mean, or did, were you made to work overtime because of the short staffing? Very rarely. Um, most of the time it, it was voluntary and there were a lot of folks that really wanted to pick up that time. Um, there were a lot of folks too, you know, so I've got two kids at home. Um, and, and a lot of people knew that, you know, me personally, I'm not really looking for that extra overtime where somebody else who maybe they've got, you know, more time. They don't have kids at home. They're not married. Uh, they've got less obligations, but they do want to spend the money, you know, that they, they're going to pick up that overtime. And, and those people exist at every agency. I would, I would hope. The mission uh, of the place where I used to work was to serve, protect and defend the community while preserving the rights and dignity of all people. Where do you see us in the communication center, uh, in your communication center, hitting the mark on that? Uh, going back to the one out of 10, I would honestly give it about a five to six, not great, not bad, but there's room for improvement. Um, you know, one of the things I did right before I left, we hired six new dispatchers. Um, I, I sent them an email with just some of my notes, uh, some of the things that I learned along the way, some quick tips and tricks for our specific agency. But I told them, I was like, look, never forget that people are calling you most of the time because they're experiencing the worst moments of their lives. And I know it sucks having to pause, you know, that Netflix show that you've just found time to watch, or you've <laughs> got to put down the pasta that you finally got to get up and go heat up, you know, yeah. but you owe the, you owe it to those people. You honestly, you owe it to everyone to treat others the way you want to be treated. How would you want to be treated when you're calling because you're, you were just in a head on collision and you don't know if the people in the backseat are okay. They're not answering you. All you can do is call 911. How, how do you want to be treated when you're in the back of a storeroom calling because you hear what sounds like gunfire in the parking lot? How do you want that to be taken? Remember that and, and talk to these people like the human beings that they are. It's not hard. It does not take time. If that's one thing I got from my time at the Cluck Hut, it's to treat every person like they matter. And it's not hard to do. That's uh, very, those are very wise words. Those are going to carry you a very long way when you get to the street as well. I, I just, I want you to know that that's, uh, it, it's, it's a very simple concept. It's called the really golden is. rule. We, we yeah, learned it in kindergarten. We probably, you probably learned it in Sunday school when you were a kid, uh, do unto others as you wish them to do unto you. It's, it's a pretty simple concept and it carries you so much farther in, in life. It, 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 it whether it's, in a communication center or out on the street as a cop, it can callous you to the point where you actually start to believe that it's an us versus them and it's never us versus them. We're, we're there to serve those people, whether they're, whether they want us there or not. But, um, and so, you know, you're going to have to temper your response uh, based on that, but we should never let our th authority overshadow our service. John Serby said that once or twice. Uh, so, from uh, a, a uh, just speaking of preserving dignity, rights and dignity of all, from a mental health standpoint, how would you feel? And we'll go one to ten again. 
uh, your supervisory staff, your, uh, your agency or your supervisory staff does with the traumatic calls that you deal with in, in a 911 center? So supervisory, I think it's there. The, the tools have been put in place. We had a peer support group um, through the entire police department that did include dispatch, you know, anybody that worked for the PD had access to those tools. So, so it is there, but, but really, you know, I would say I, I got more out of the people in the room with me or those people that I developed relationships with, you know, at the console next to me or in the patrol cars on the street. Those were the people that I turned to when I was feeling something. And we, we took, you know, I only worked there for three years, which is a very, very small time span considering some of the 20 plus years that people have put in for other agencies. So when you find that, that supportive click, those people that, that have your back and you're, you find the, the ability to lean on them in your most trying times, that's, that's something that no administration, I'm sorry, no administration is ever going to compare to. So giving, giving not only the people, the tools to succeed that way, but also allowing them the freedom to be able to do that with each other is crucial. Outstanding. We're going to cover some of this in the, uh, in the pulse of 911. Um, so let me just wrap it up this way, uh, because, you know, we're going to go over pulse of 911 and John has much, much better questions than I do. I, I'm going to give you the, the keys. I'm going to give you four passes. Here they are. Here's four passes. You can either promote four people, fire four people, promote three people and fire one w w without giving names off the top of your head, what do you think you're going to do with these four passes? Uh, I would definitely promote two. Okay. Uh, easy right off the bat. Like yeah. they might as well be promoted anyways. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and maybe, maybe not fire per se. I think some of the people are, are, really good at certain aspects of the job um, and not so good at others. And I think there is a way to find success for those people where they're not hurting the one area that they could be really, they could, they could, you know, experience a lot of improvement in and give them the opportunity to do what they're really good at. There are ways to do that. And I, I feel like a lot of times there's, there's some sort of lockdown on that from above, the powers that be that just say, no, you're not going to be able to do that. Your, you know, your job description is this, but then you see it with other people who maybe aren't as good at the, you know what I mean? They're not as good at that thing that the other person is. And you're like, I why, how do we, come on, there's a way to do this. And I don't know why we're not working together to make this all happier for everybody. Sure. So, so definitely promoting to, uh, I'm going to keep the other two passes and throw them back and be like, how do I, how do I make this work? Cause right now it's tighter than not. That's fine. I, 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 I I dig the fact that at least you're going to take two of them for the positive because it's easy working in a comp center environment. It's easy to, to develop a negative attitude. It's easy to yeah. say, you know what? I know four people right off the bat that I would fire. Uh, it's very easy to do. Uh, it's very, it's probably um, a little bit more difficult or it takes a little more integrity to say, Oh, there's two right off the bat. I know I'd promote. My gut instinct uh, was definitely to fire two, but then I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> because they can be rehabilitated and that's another leadership quality too because just like exactly. you say there are people that maybe maybe uh they rub you the wrong way but they have strengths and and you got to see the strengths in everybody uh, especially in a, a critically staffed 
yeah, field. Uh, so just to, just to wrap it up again, because I said I was going to wrap it up, uh, but I'll ask one more question. And uh, so when it comes to training, either job specific or leadership development, how are we hitting the mark? Or how are we not hitting the mark? I think there's opportunity across the board. Um, Room for improvement? There's a lot of, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because a lot of people want to learn and are not being given the choice. And there's a lot of people that are content with what they're doing now and are maybe being forced into a role where right. they're, you know, not, not every great salesman makes a great sales manager. That's not every right. great telecommunicator makes a great trainer. That's and true. you have to identify, like I, you know, going back to what I was saying with the passage, you have to identify the strengths that people are bringing to the table so that you can have an award-winning team. And that's, I, that's not happening everywhere. And it could definitely happen more. There, there needs to be more give and take more. What can I do for you? What can you do for me? What can we do for each other to make this more successful across the board? How do I make you happy in this position? Look, uh, give it up for Andrew, everybody. He, he did a, fi- a fantastic job. I, I see why he is going to be where he's going to be, and uh, he's going to be a phenomenal uh, police officer. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, listen, just so you'll understand, communication is about 80% of the game, and you started in a place called communications. It's, it's a gift that was given to you. So uh, use that every day, my friend, and, and ask two or three more questions. I, I'll tell you from a street uh, shift commander's uh, perspective, your generation, and I'm not, I'm not looking down on you, point my finger, your generation is used to texting or emailing or being non-confrontational and sometimes gets a little antsy when they have to get confrontational or speak to people. And I'm telling you, that's going to be your bread and butter, uh, at, especially on the midnight shift, getting out, talking to people, getting face-to-face, whether it's a good contact, a suspicious contact or whatever, that's where you make your money. That's where your bread and butter is, knowing the area that you work, knowing the zip code that you work. You patrol, you, you patrol pretty much the same way every night, and you can notice what's different every night. Uh, but getting out and talking to people, that's going to make your, uh, your career go a long way and, and never – Never find yourself in a position where you have to lie about anything. Just tell the truth. It's even, even if you have to put in the report, I made the hugest mistake in the world. Uh, a good prosecutor can overcome that. Don't worry about that. Just put, Absolutely. just put in there what you did. Don't, yep. don't try to circumvent anything. No one's gonna beat you up. That's life advice, Drew. That's not just PD <laughs> advice. That's that's across the board, baby. I would give you better advice if you had a beard, but John, oh, I, you can, I, I knew you were going to throw that in my face today. Yeah. You only got to your one advice, John, uh, John, what I want you to do, uh, look, we'll use the pulse of nine one one as the last resort. Let's let's, I, I think we need to give the entrance exam at this point. I've been doing all the talking. Okay. Well, first of all, this has been a pleasure to watch. The two of you need to team up and go on the circuit. Like you were talking about before the show. Drew said you are, you are poised to become an excellent police officer. Drew was a police officer for a very long time. I want to point out that he did make detective on his last day. Uh, but other than that, he is a very, very good police officer. knows what he's talking about. And uh, hopefully I have some kind of uh, litmus test that he is good at uh, assessing talent. Because I'm here I am in week 39. Anyway. There you go. So, so for you, uh, we are. I, I just thought, uh, since for me, the idea of going from dispatch to the road is nuts. Like, I have never wanted to do that. Like, for me, when I take a phone call and I punt the ball to the, the police team, 
and I could go sit down on the bench. However, it turns out I just get to watch. That's 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 me. I already had my captain action face <laughs> when I was younger. So for yeah. me, like for, I've never taken a call where like, man, I wish I could go meet that person. You know, I don't feel that way. But for you, I, I wanted to kind of assess where you're at in terms of going from one career to another because they're very different. But the only way I could do that that was fair because I'm not a police officer is just to go to a, a, kind of a third party that pretty much everyone agrees is a fair standard for police. So I'm going to give okay. you five basic questions from the National Police Officer Selection Test or POST. I'm going to bomb them all. And, and entry right. level basic. Test. No, it's very entry level. So I don't want you okay. to feel intimidated right. or anything. And part of this too is to educate the audience on what you might need to know becoming a police officer because maybe there's some people out there that want to do that. But this is this is all very basic stuff. If you if you binge watch Law and Order, you're probably going to be fine. So deep just breaths, be, Andrew. You're going to do good. I believe in you. 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 you have you have composed yourself and comported yourself well here. So uh, so we'll go ahead with number one if you are ready. I'm ready. But there has to be some kind of you know penalty for like not doing well. So if you don't get above a fifty percent, will you eat a hard boiled egg with the shell on? Simple, simple question. I mean, I can't, I can't make you do this. It's a gentleman's. <laughs> I, I find the terms acceptable. Okay. Yeah, if you go zero for four, we're gonna, you're gonna have to eat a uh, Christmas ornament, like Christmas <laughs> So, uh, ironically enough, I don't have hard-boiled eggs with the shell on it readily available, but I do have Christmas ornaments. We will wait twenty okay. minutes. Depending well, don't on throw how it, it because of that. Yeah, we'll get you yeah, an egg. Don't, don't throw no, it. Because no, of that. we can wait twenty minutes for you to boil an egg. All right, right cool. even That's, cool it down forty-five minutes max. But my lawyer is here in the stream. He has signed off on that, so we are good to go. So we're ready. So number okay. one. All right, let's do it. All right. So name three well-established exceptions to the warrant requirement before conducting a search. Name three well-established exceptions to the warrant requirement, the Fourth Amendment, before conducting a search. Hmm. I'm taking a long shot here. I'm going to go with... Is- this is pre-academy, mind you. But go yeah, ahead. three reasonable exceptions to what was it? The last part, the three well, reasonable well, exceptions to well, well-established exceptions to the warrant requirement. So, if you wanted to check out the back of somebody's truck, if you wanted to go inside their house to see if you could find something, you know, anywhere where someone has an expectation of privacy, how could you, as a police officer, go and look for that without getting a warrant from a judge? Go ahead. Mere suspicion, reasonable suspicion, and probable cause. I say two out of three. Damn it! Mere sus- <laughs> Drew, but mere- go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You tell me. Well, I just I want to know if he passes the question for even getting one right when he's pre academy. Are we going to give it? To God, him? I, I don't know. This is a very hard. Let's. Do, he he I, may I, have I'm to gonna... eat a Christmas ornament based on your decision. So. Yeah, oh, just a small one. Like I, I, I think what we'll do is uh, we'll see how he answers the next question to see if he gets credit for this question, okay. which is it, it's completely unfair. But, but so is law enforcement. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, because you'll be called to do things, and you won't. You know, you can't. You can't phone a friend. You can't call your zone partner. You can't call your police academy. Yeah, right. Have to... Yeah, that, you're on your own right now, and but yeah, yeah. let me tell you, you're you're killing it. Like, I, you know, I, I'm in your corner. Like, I'm your your corner man. Like, yeah, you got you know, stick and move, stick and move. But, but from here on out, Drew will not be allowed to help you because he okay, does not right. want to eat. He because he would have the same penalties as you. That would only be fun. Oh, that's and actually, right. Drew is uh is very allergic to Christmas ornaments. <laughs> <laughs> it's the glitter. 
If he ate one, it would probably be deadly for him. Whereas See, for you, me, it's the glass, but I'm willing to do it for you guys. Okay. Yeah, it's the glitter for me. The willingness at this point is moot. All right, so here are some of the exceptions. Probable cause, consent, oh. incident to arrest, plain view, exigent circumstances. So if you could just see the drugs, you could take them if someone's calling for help. Yeah. If you've already arrested them, you know, you could search the immediate area there. But that's okay. Well, like Drew says, we will see how you do going forward, and maybe we can give you retroactive credit for that one. Okay, yeah, I appreciate Plainview that. always gets them, though. Plainview, we'll everyone we'll always forgets Plainview, and a lot of people forget consent. You can always just ask them. Yeah, hey, just ask right. Can I search? Very good. We're okay. doing a FTS Academy here. Okay, so are we ready for number two? There's only five, by the way. I'm ready for number two. There's not like 400 of these. Okay. Officer Smith often works as a drug use prevention officer in the local public schools. He visits three schools a week, 40 weeks out of the year. What did Officer Smith do to be punished with this assignment? <laughs> what did Officer Smith do to be punished with this assignment? Oh, the possibilities are endless. I'm going to say wreck the new patrol car. Drew? Yes, uh, he wrecked the new patrol car is acceptable because they want to keep him in a in, on solid ground. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm uh, going to give a yes on that one. They they uh, want to keep him in a sheltered area. All right, so one point. They can drop him off at the schools. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> all right. Are you ready? Driver. You ready for number? Let's three? do number three. Let's do it. Okay. A robbery suspect has been arrested. The judge in the case has set bail at $1 million. The bail bondsman requires a 10% deposit to issue a bail bond. The robbery suspect and the bondsman are twin brothers born on the same day. Astonished by this, you ask the suspect and the robber their age. The bondsman says that he is 20 and the robber says that he is 22. How is this possible? Uh, T O O. That is correct. <laughs> it's yeah, grammar. baby. It's grammar. Oh, you know how to write grammar. a report already. That's I fantastic. Do. Let's do this. To, Come on, hit me. Number four. Make it you're, difficult. You're, you're almost at the point where you don't have to eat a Christmas ornament anymore. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Here's number four. Okay. You and your partner are investigating international drug trafficking, but, an under, but you uncover a scheme with illegal shipments of gold cougar ants sent from the Afrikaner apartheid government in South Africa. Because you are getting too close to the case, the Consulate General of South Africa sends you a message by having an assassin break into your house. You Jesus. survive the attempt, but the Consulate General claims diplomatic immunity from prosecution. What do you do? <laughs> Is he on the boat with me? This is you're not on a boat. You're wherever you live. This is very. This is right out of the test. This is front page test. I don't think you don't have uh, time for me to read that. I feel again. like I saw no, this movie. You haven't called your sergeant over this, so like you better you better know this stuff, Andrew. I would call the captain on this one personally. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I have his number yet. I might call the secretary. He, he wants my badge and my gun right now, and I am not to investigate <laughs> this on my personal yeah. time. I have to leave this alone. Shielding my peace. What do you do, though? 
I'm trying to think like Mel Gibson here, guys. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, I, he, I was going to say he offered a wrong answer, but yeah. I mean, because what's the passion of the Christ have to do with any of this? Yeah, that, that so, was... Yeah. I was just, you know... Yeah, so we'll go We'll go with... I mean, he got two right, he got two wrong. I mean, okay. uh, he got two, uh, so we two said, right and one and a half. What, what, what is the right way to handle the African consular? Well, you uh, were close when you said a boat. You've got to get him out into international waters. There's no diplomatic community in maritime law. <sighs> God's sakes. Just trick him onto a yacht. Tell him there's a sexy party. And then you come up with two a guns, one in each hand. Party. And then you pistol whip him with both guns, forehand and backhand. And anyway, the rest writes itself. I'm going to make sure I ask this in the academy and see what the instructor Have you already yeah. done your oral boards? Because I'm pretty sure this exact situation will come up. In the yes. I have done my oral board. Okay. Uh, so I actually, I, I am employed now with a new agency. And oh. they're pushing me through the academy next month. So Okay. Well, this will be it is, first it is happening. Hopefully. hopefully this won't be on the test. So. Okay. Uh, or yeah, if it let's, will, let's, I mean, you already know the answer. I'm going to call you if it is. You could call me anytime. <laughs> So this is the last one. So unfortunately, you were in a position where you, you know, you had to do better than fifty percent, or you had to eat a hard-boiled egg with a shell on it, minimum. Um, so, but good news is this one is multiple choice. So you're already, you know, your your final fifty percent is down to thirty-three percent or whatever. I can't do the. I like these odds. Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. Which category of drugs represents the most expensive loss to a pharmacy? Is it A, narcotics, B, barbiturates, or C, wang pills? <laughs> Where's the pharmacy? <laughs> That's a good point. Is this a Mexican pharmacy? What's my job? demographic? Like, can you please? Is this a pharmacy in like to, in Tegucigalpa? Is this a pharmacy in Matamoros, or is this a pharmacy in, we'll say, like San Diego? Yeah, you have what, to eat the egg. It's too late. Oh Jesus! He already got away with the, the wine pills. <laughs> oh, and I gave away the answer. Uh, give it up to Andrew once again. Maybe yeah. there's some applause on that machine that you have, John. But we are. Thank you. Uh, we are uh, definitely uh, on a roll with all of this. Look, we were going to we were going to cover the Carbine Nina Pulse of Nine One One survey. I, I, it's too maddening and too uh, too sad to be honest. I, I can tell you that um, we covered most of it in the uh, in the in the exit interview, but you'd be shocked. Uh, like I, I would I would love if if you work in the field that you you just go anywhere online and look at this thing because it's a complete eye opener. You're all in the same boat. This is the, this is my point. You're definitely all in the same boat. It, it's like high percentages of, of all of the same things. It's all high percentages of we're understaffed that we're churning out employees that we can't recruit and uh, retain that we can't, uh, that we're not, that we don't have the ear of the administration that we don't, we're not engaged in the process and they expect too much. You're all in the same boat. So if you're going to change it, um, you got to get involved. And, and they have to let you get involved. Sometimes it takes forcing your way in. So uh, how about this, John? I think we should probably just go to voicemails, and then, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do from there. 
Sure, it'll just give you a minute to toggle over there. I didn't know that we were doing that immediately. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, but it's just, okay. It got late. You, you put me on the spot, and we'll, I'm obviously we'll, we'll I'm not able to not able to multitask or do more than one thing at a time or handle technology. <laughs> right. So there's no reason why anyone would expect that I would succeed in this situation. Just right. so you'll know, it, from that same survey, around 38% felt ill-prepared to deal with an active shooter situation. That's a lot. 38% of the dispatchers across the nation. I mean, there were a lot of dispatchers that they queried in this thing. 38%, so that's that's just under half, basically. I mean, I, I know how math works. Uh, 50% is half, but... 38 percent so they feel it so it could go very sour very quickly anywhere you are and boom uh 38 percent of the the, yeah go for it what yeah it's going about the active attack uh it's terrifying i mean i've never you've never seen so many 911 calls at the same time were you uh, were you working during one or? Yeah, I was trying to remember what McKinney, Texas. Oh my God, I was Damn trying to true. remember what. what Damn it! <laughs> we're gonna we, we can will definitely edit that out. Everyone, <laughs> everyone, log I, I was, off. Uh, you, you I was too. trying to remember what uh, you tansied him. Minneola, <laughs> Minneola, Minnesota was. was Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's Voicemails. My all right, quick voicemails. Everyone, I will like, definitely. Uh, John's the only I, one who fucks up around. Here. I, I can edit that out. Uh, it will be. I mean, it I went out live, it. but I mean, I can. Edit. I don't worry about it. We will edit out live too. We will. We will fix this. Okay. We will. We will turn back time. We will. Well, we'll I can't believe I just did that. And, and, all right. Here we go. Here's some voicemails. We have four tonight. Gents and ladies. That's a special shout out to K Drama Slumber Chef here. Just finished last Thursday's show. Not only is that woman and her psychotherapist appalling, makes me want to go vigilante um, because the fact that that's still happening in today's day and age is disgusting. Um, just a little life tip here because uh, I do fall subject to my own um, stupidity more often than I'd like to admit. <clears throat> but when it comes to to research, either if it's wanting to know why the leaves change color um, during different seasons or whether I'm a newborn parent and I have a two-year-old who's just uncontrollable in my perception, you need to vet your research. You need to vet everything you do. A good rule of thumb, but it's not an absolute, is if you have enough people from enough different backgrounds and enough different areas in life, they're, they're all pointing to a very common theme, then that might actually be the theme that you might want to go down and 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 either hold or abide by but don't turn to the internet first if you're going to go through the internet you need to back that up with literature that has not been compromised by a lot of the woke ideologies that we see ourselves in the 21st century so just like i said a little life tip when it comes to just researching or just trying to get things especially with this parent situation like if you feel like your kid is out of control or you're just having a hard time dealing dealing as a parent you just need to talk to different people. You need to get, hear different backgrounds, different stories, and you know you only learn by experience and you learn by failure. So you always got to put that for, that foot forward, especially if you're going to be a parent. Above all else, you need to put unconditional love at the forefront of what, whatever you're trying to do, either if it's discipline or or any other facet to, to parenting at that point. So that's your lumber chef lumber chef top tip. Go get your factor meals. I'll see you guys later. All right. 
That was a lot. Uh, he makes a good point, especially about factor meals. Make sure you go to their website and use our offer code Wolfpack50. Folks, these are not frozen meals. This is fresh, delicious food that is delivered right to your house. It'll save you a whole bunch of hassle. It'll save you some money when you figure out how much Bidenomics is driving up the cost of your groceries and your gas. But just remember, fresh, delicious food. You can pick it out. If you uh, want to do a specific diet, you can pick it all in advance. This food is prepared by chefs. It's fresh and delicious, like I said. I love it when I get my deliveries of factor meals because it's like a thoughtful gift from John of the past to the John of today. And I can eat a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful lunch. So thank you so much to factor meals for supporting the show. If you love failure to stop, support factor meals because they support us. Uh, he said a lot of good things there about the Internet, about making sure you don't uh, taint your own investigations into the unknown by going to the Internet. Anybody could say anything in the Internet. I think I'm case in point there. You know, I've given out a lot of spurious advice here. We had a guest on the show that I tried to force him to eat a Christmas ornament. I'm just really typical of like what you might find on the Internet. And if you're going to raise a child, maybe that's not where you should go. He's, uh, of course, making reference to our last episode where we had a YouTuber uh, doling out advice on how to raise kids while she was uh, taping them up and abusing them. So excellent point there, Lumber Chef. Very well. We'll go on to the next one. Here it goes. Hello, Com Center. This is Micah calling in. I'm looking forward to Com Center this week with one of my favorite duos. But uh, he's talking about you and me, Drew. Drew and John. You remind me of another uh, famous duo: Detective Sherlock Holmes and John Watson. So, uh, one day, Watson comes home to two two one B Baker Street, and uh, he asks Sherlock, "Why is the door painted yellow?" Sherlock looks at Dr. Watson and replies, a lemon entry, my dear Watson, a lemon entry. Ends up <laughs> giddy up. <laughs> What's worse, that one or David's from earlier? No, David, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it's it's just getting, they're stretching. Okay, you know what guys, I mean? I, in the chats, go ahead and put a one if you want Micah's voicemails to be permanently banned for all time and put a number two oh. if you just want them to be down to like once per year because like holy moly i'm considering putting mike on pro on uh, he's a captain in our um in our communication center uh, andrew so you'll know and i'm thinking about putting him on probation for that yeah that was uh, uh, i'm not angry uh, i just think he needs you to have to do what you have to do bit. Um, yeah, Maybe I'm just looking improvement. Where that his strengths obviously are, are dad jokes, so you can find. I'll, I'll use one of your passes to uh, keep him around, but we're gonna we're gonna have to develop him. I'm literally angry with rage, and he will be eating a Christmas ornament to five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right here, here's uh, number three. Any old time, go ahead, Jim. Hello, John and Drew. This is Jim from Florida, calling in with uh, a comment on the Judy Hildebrand issue you all went back and forth talking about whether or not she's mentally ill has to be mentally ill did you ever consider that maybe she's just pure evil i think she's just evil period i don't i don't think there's any mental illness she's just evil so anyway love the show keep up the good work bye thank you jim from florida once again you have taken my side over drew's i have to say this is <laughs> especially gratifying given that uh, you are something of a friend and a mentor to Drew. And to see me take his place, usurp what is the special place in, in, in his life that 
he has with you and now it's mine for all time feels very good i felt that that lady was evil that was kind of the point i was making i didn't articulate myself well because i was furious last week if you go back and watch that you'll see that i'm just busting at the seams but you know we my point was that mental health is sort of the it's a it, it, it doesn't excuse it but it's 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 for some reason we go to that so quickly to say this is a reason why this happened when we're just not ready to uh be comfortable or acknowledge the fact that evil in the world is in the world and it has to be confronted and it has to be destroyed and not appeased or accommodated and when you have a woman who will take kids into her basement and and tape them up and abuse them like that then it's just pure evil and anything else is just an excuse drew i'm with you okay last Uh, one i i can't go against the jedi master yes all right here we go last one Matt Taco John's, and when you order, they tell you your total, and they say, you know, would you like to round up to help cure kids' cancer? It's like, how can you say no to that? And I guess the answer is, I just say, no, fuck those kids. Well, that is a bizarre quandary. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> that's that's a that lonely... <laughs> what a lonely, <laughs> pathetic son of a bitch that would call in. <laughs> And say that on the show. Uh, sir, you need to go get a life. When you are having those terrible moments, do not think of time center. Move on. Uh, go get go get an adjustment. Uh, That's it for well, voicemails, Drew. <laughs> uh, Failure to Stop is a family of shows. Monday we have a show. It's uh, Two Cops Turn. Monday we have uh, two comedians. Two former cops turned comedians. One's uh, named Eric Tansy. The other is J. Durrell White. One of them is washed up. We'll let you do the uh, deciding on that one. you got to tune into the show to figure it out for yourself. Tuesday nights is a show called uh, uh, True Crime Tuesday with Kendra Drama and a a fellow named Eric. Uh, True Crime Drama, J-R-A-M-A, is uh, her Instagram handle. It's it's rather witty. And she's rather witty. And uh, when she and John get together, it is like, um, I don't know, ice and tea. And uh, they just make each other laugh and, and giggle incessantly. And it makes the Patreon uh, that they're on incessantly long. Wednesday is a show called Last Call. And that's where our friend who normally produces the show, Josh, Deadleg Media Josh, uh, he's, uh, he teams up with Eric and they cover... Uh, recent events or current events because we're trying to keep first responders informed and entertained and we're trying to keep them away from the mainstream legacy media because we all know that they are big fat liars and uh, occasionally John and I uh, will drop in on there. Last week we tried to have conservative conservative ant in there but uh, there were some technical difficulties with uh, an echo and we know all about that. Thursday night is this show that John and I host and, and God forbid you know, Andrew's uh, taking a run at John's job, if not mine. Uh, but this is called the Com Center, and it's uh, it's on uh, Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Uh, and we ha- we give voice to the dispatcher because for all these years the dispatcher has been voiceless, in my opinion, and uh, I can do whatever I want. Fridays is th- what we call the Big Show, what everybody refers to as uh, the Big Show, because. Uh, Eric Tanzian, a former officer, and myself, a retired uh, officer, uh, team up and we do reaction videos to uh, police-related matters, and tomorrow we're going to solidly bury that 
lying piece of shit band director. And then Sundays, there's a show called uh, uh, Night Shift TSI, Top Secret Information. It's with Eric and Conservative Ant. They uh, delve deep into the underworld, into the paranormal, the skunk apes of the world, the uh, the, the Rothschilds maybe uh, have to watch what I'm saying here. Uh, but so what, what does that amount to, John? That, that amounts to six shows in seven days. We have ten free new shows coming out next week. So just be aware of that. If you, it, in all seriousness, if you go to Patreon, we have like over 100 shows from your favorite failure to stop people, like I said earlier. Try that out. Tell a friend. I love just getting that life-changing money that comes in. Uh, we love uh, having the open forum where we could tell stories that do whatever we want on there. It's just a little bit. If you're really into failure to stop, it's a good way to do it. You could try it out for seven days. If you don't like it, you can give it back. Uh, it's and we won't we won't have any hard feelings. It's that ghost bed guarantee. Drew, I did have one last thing that I'm getting very oh, subtle reminders on. So here on failure to stop, this is a new policy that I have only just found out about recently. Um, we do shout outs now at the end of the show. So I got a request for a shout out. So Drew, with your blessing, and Andrew, of course, yours as well, I will go ahead and do the shout out. Andrew, thank you for that assent. If you had said no, I would not have done it. I I would just be removed. (laughs) No, we would not do that. I will. He is kicking me out right now. Minimize John. Hashtag. All right. So uh, I wanted to give a shout out to, uh, and and please, I'm not trying to butcher your name. I want to do it right. But I believe it's Corin. She works out in the Bay Area of San Francisco. She is a, a literal bestie to one of our members in the Wolfpack. And right now, she is getting her ass consistently kicked on the radio, and she needs some happiness. I know that they're probably very understaffed out there uh, in California. I know that uh, you're having to run more than one channel at a time. You've got a lot of radio traffic on there. You've got a lot of friggin' police officers who are asking you for things that they could do in their car, but they don't feel like it, so they're just going to go ahead and ask you. I know that you got lots of people talking to you all at once. I know you got some people who are blurting some shit out so they're waiting to be acknowledged first. I know you got lots of channels going on all the time. And I know uh, you just, you don't even get a break. It never stops. You never get to milk a call like a police officer. So, Corin, uh, we at Failure to Stop, particularly me, since I know about you, we are thinking about you. Uh, keep going. You are thin gold line. Uh, keep going. We are proud of you. Uh, find a way to deal with the stress. Come on the show sometime. Talk to us about it. For me, that's the only reason I'm even able to hang in there. Uh, I would have given up a long time ago if I wasn't able to come on here and uh, vent about being an Iowa dispatcher. For that, I owe my thanks to Drew and probably Andrew soon. So, Corin, keep it together. Proud of you. Uh, I was asked to give this shout-out to uh, Alana Rose's Boutique, B-O-W-T-I-Q-U-E. It's a uh, nice little uh, shop. Uh, that's probably done out of a very cozy uh, family room somewhere in the uh, southeastern United States, but it's uh, it's a sweet little website. If you go to Alana Rose Boutique, B-O-W-T-I-Q-U-E, you'll see a lot of 911 collection stuff. Nice. Uh, I think. I think that uh, a lot of people would get enjoyment out of some of that. Reach stuff. out to me. Let's put it. Let's put my drawing of Beignet, the official mascot of uh, Com Center, on there. We will. Uh, you know who uh, Beignet is if you've seen the show before. Sure. He's a wonderful corgi, a mascot of the show. I have. I did a commission picture of Beignet. Belongs on a shirt. Uh, the owner of Beignet, Carly, is in the chats. Her whole retirement plan is to basically financially exploit the cuteness of her dog and then bow out of public service. So. This should sell some shirts, too. 
uh, and she will likely be uh, more successful than you and I put together. So, John, if you wouldn't mind sticking around, I would love it. Andrew, thank you for being our guest tonight. Uh, we would love to have you back, especially when you uh, become a freshly commissioned law enforcement officer. Be very careful in your uh, travels. Uh, the best of luck to you, and may God bless you. Look, everybody, uh, we're all one team, um, and that's, uh, that's all I got to say about that. John, stick around. Guns up. Giddy up. Good night, America. Andrew, you're awesome.